To see examples of what we talked about on this episode, along with further information, go to bunchofdorks.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Two Dimension Podcast. The comic book podcast with no direction. What's up, everybody? You know that song. You know this voice. That's right. It's your boy, Rook. Joining me, as always, is the man who keeps it all going, who makes sure that all of it flows and goes easy. It's Mr. Don Moore. Hello, everybody. Joining us today is the creative team behind Dr. Jekyll, Alien Hunter. We have with us Bruce Solheim and Julia Kazanowska. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Okay. Awesome. Me so, too. <laughs> this is the the title originally makes me think that we were getting a very far out sci-fi adventure and while it does have that it's a very grounded story yes. tell me what led you to write something like this well it started as a um i'm still i'm sorry it, it's 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 doubling up <laughs> i can't Really? I can't concentrate. I'm sorry. No, I, it, it will drive you insane. Uh, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. We, we don't well, hear it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I need to back out and come back in. Maybe yeah. that'll help. Okay. You want to try that? Yeah, let me try it. Sorry about that. Uh, no, no, no problem, no, man. Fine. Okay. All right. No problem. Yeah, that, that, that echo will make you nuts. I know okay. that. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Okay. Okay, I removed him. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what time is it in Poland right now? Uh, it's getting close to uh, 1 a.m. actually. Oh, oh my re- God. So you really had to <laughs> make, make uh, adjustments. Yeah, but it's fine. I've been on um, one interview recently that took place at 2 a.m., so this one is still much better. Well, you just sound like you just, you know, popped in for, you know, real easy, so you don't sound like you're missing sleep. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, it's it's, uh, totally fine, and I hope it will uh, stay like that to the end. (laughs) All right, I'm back. And All right. How's your audio sound to you now? I, I, it's fine. This is great. Okay, oh, good. Okay. And you sound you sound a little better, I think. Okay. Yeah, I I, I don't I'm not getting the uh, the, the the doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was. I'm glad. So, what made you write this storyline? Yeah, with uh, Doctor Jekyll started off as a character in one of the stories in Snark Two, which was the first comic book I ever published. Uh, well, Snark 1 and Snark 2, the Snark series. So she was a character that appeared, uh, and I just, I really liked the character. I wanted to have uh, somebody who represented the kind of the research community. And uh, and then, you know, as she's going to one of these conferences, she encounters Snark, who's half alien, half human, and his sidekick, who's a cosmic staff. That's in Snark, but anyway. Um she, uh, you know, is kind of a grounded character. She doesn't have any superpowers. She's not a superhero. She's just a, uh, an anthropology professor following in her father's footsteps. So I, I'm also a, I, I'm a professor, not an anthropology professor, but a history professor. So I kind of wanted a, a character like that who is, is an ordinary person but has extraordinary adventures. So, and, and I, I, I I wanted a, a female lead character because there aren't a whole lot of them. As far as I know, there, there's no, and I'm going to make this claim and I, I haven't been proven wrong yet. I think she's the only female lead character in a comic book uh, who is not a superhero and is also a person of color. So there you go. I think she's got a little bit of everything. She's got a lot of boxes checked there. And uh, but it, that's not exactly what I uh, I didn't set out to do that. I just that's what the character ended up being with her backstory that it came up with. You know, with her mother being from Jamaica and her father being of European extraction, and it just made for an interesting kind of mix. And uh, 
so anyway, that's where the, the story came from. It is this cool character in Snark Two, and then I said to myself, I you know she's got to she's got to have more. So uh, so then the problem was I had to find out who's gonna if Gary Dumb, who uh, has been around since the seventies, illustrating American Splendor and mm-hmm. with Harvey Picar and all these other projects since the seventies, he wasn't available to do Doctor Jekyll, so I had to. Uh, find somebody else to do it. But that's another question, I guess. I'm going farther than I have to. Uh, you can go as far as you want on this show, so no worries. <laughs> this is your show and you control it. Um, yeah. I, and I've always been fascinated with Doctor, the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the strange story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, Robert Louis Stevenson and, you know, right. of course, Treasure Island and all that. So I, I was just fascinated by it. And it's kind of interesting that uh, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, there's very few female characters in that book, and the ones that are kind of like victims, you know, kind of more a victim-type person. Yeah. And uh, this is a, lead, a very strong lead character. Even though she's not a superhero, she's very strong. So, you know, yeah. strong personality. So that, that I thought that was kind of cool. So in the dedication of the, the front of the comic, I dedicate it to all the women in, in my life. Mm. You know, going back to my grandmother, my mother, my wife, and my daughter, and and a lot of other women that, you know, all my teachers were all women, you know, so it just, I drew upon all that female energy to try to, you know, to get the comic right. And then as it turned out, uh, just by luck, and I think Julia will tell you the story, I found her on Instagram and her art. And I thought, man, that would, I can't get Gary cause he's too busy. So man, this just, she, I think it'll fit perfectly. Yes. For this character, I, I've heard you say that in in a in, a, in yeah. another show, and that yeah. was what an awesome way to find an artist and, and connect connect with somebody. Uh, Julia, what did you think when you got got the message uh, regarding uh, illustrating a comic book? Uh, what what were your thoughts? Uh, okay, so I guess if you watched uh, another show uh, with an interview with Bruce, you might have already heard it, but I was at first uh, really surprised. I wasn't expecting to ever get an offer like that just out of uh, posting my art online. Uh, but I was also really happy because uh, illustrating a comic was something I wanted to do for my entire life, basically, since I got my first uh, comic. So, yeah, I was really happy and I talked to Bruce uh, more about the project and eventually I agreed to illustrate his next uh, comic book. Fantastic. That, I love that. I love how the Internet can bring bring people together like that. You know, uh, yeah, and Julia, your style is absolutely fantastic. Yes. And looking at some of your other art, you're you're such a varied artist. Um, was was it the first thought to do kind of a uh, more of a manga esque style uh, when you you and Bruce first started talking? Was that something you guys decided together? Uh, well, Bruce didn't really. Um told me much about, he just left it up to me, to the style I chose for the comic. And uh, after seeing my art online, he said he um, already liked the style of the artwork I was posting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I did a few sketches for him uh, of the characters before I started to uh, finalize all the pages so he knew what uh, he was going to get, but he um, he never really had uh, any... Um, he never really wanted me to change uh, anything about the art style. And um, the thing that you said, that it's... Uh, mostly uh, similar to uh, manga. I guess it's because um, I actually mostly have been reading manga for my entire life when Mm. it comes to comics. So, yeah, that's kind of how my style developed. And uh, I think it's not exactly uh, manga-like, but I do know that it has many similarities. 
and uh, yeah but yeah i wouldn't really say it's a manga style but you do see the influence and you very much turn it uh with with your pet with your with your drawings to your own style but yeah i absolutely love the artwork the artwork is thank fantastic. you um, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky to. to yeah, I always tell her, in, in, you know, when we talk about this, and I, I guess I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it for her benefit that uh, I'm glad that you know she she just turned 20. She she was 19 when oh. we started this project, and and so I, I I can only imagine if I was to you know wait if I had waited 10 years or something to try to get her, I probably couldn't afford her <laughs> because <laughs> she has this much talent at this young age. I can only imagine. As artists, you know, uh, grow and mature and do this is her first comic. Yeah. For, for goodness sake, you know, like ten years from now, where is she going to be? So I'm hoping she will still be working together. But and I, I just hope for her, you know, to success and whatever. I mean, that's that's part of the fun of this. But yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really. I had some sketches. I, I do uh, like mock-ups and stuff, and we even had a page part of a rough story done by Gary that I gave to her. So she had an idea of the character, but she really, I, I just let her go because I felt like it needs female energy. And I'm, you know, I didn't, you know, I know it's not popular to talk, you know, in a binary language or whatever, but it's still, it had, I wanted it to have that energy, not right. like, okay, this is how I want you to draw the character, you know, because it's very different than how she appears in Snark 2. But then again, I think, you know, my, my big hero besides Gary Dumb is, is Harvey Picar. And all of his American Splendor issues, he has like several different artists in the same issue, yes. drawing him. So there's like you look at Harvey Picar as a, as a comic book character, and he's drawn so many different ways. And I I, I like that. I, I I like that uh, it's so different than the very traditional uh, comic book styling of of Gary Dumb, which I also love. I, I like what Julia's done. You know, she's kind of. Um, it's really her own combination of things, you know. It's manga esque, I guess, but it's it's very much her own, like you said. And I I totally agree. And it has that female energy that I, you know that Gary wouldn't have had with yes. the character, and and that I wouldn't have if I was struggling to try to draw. You know, so uh, one one thing yeah. I liked about it, um, you know, comics you kind of have to let the visuals speak for themselves at times to convey the information. Mm -hmm. I loved how it showed her mother, and you can see the main character, Dr. Jekyll, is a cross between her mother and her father. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. I also, I have never seen anything that conveyed disinterested students <laughs> like I did on this one. <laughs> when she's on the rooftop and you know, I was talking about getting the particles. And I mean, yeah. it was it was a very nice because you know everybody likes to go out and do things out of the class, but each student kind of had a different reaction. But I thought, God, it's like she must have seen me when I was in college. Um, <laughs> you know, I I love stuff like that in the thing. And um, I guess what surprises me when this is your first comic because a lot of times when people do their first comic. The storytelling's not there. I mean, it's the teamwork, you know, the writer and the artist working together, but the stories just kind of flowed for me. Um, one question I have when I'm reading this, they're mostly in four-page segments. I think that I read a couple of five-page segments. Why, why were they written in four-page segments like that? Yeah, that's uh, partially, I mean, that is my style. That's uh, with Snark 1 and Snark 2. It's yeah. just the way that it comes out. I should say that Snark actually began as a comic strip, uh, which is kind of interesting because that would be uh, like four pages, you know, I, I guess, yeah. or three or four pages uh, worth of material or maybe less. But I, I, in 1982, I was an engineering student at uh, Montana Tech studying petroleum engineering. Uh, I dropped out, but anyway, yeah. I'm not an engineer now. I'm a, I'm a history professor. But the uh, I, I took a journalism class and asked if I could do a uh, comic strip, and it was called Snark. And uh, the c character came to me uh, in a vision kind of that I had when I was in a guard tower in West Germany. I was an MP. I was a military policeman. I was a prison guard. 
at a, at a military prison in Mannheim, West Germany. And I had tons of time out in those guard towers, so I would sketch and write stories. And I came up with this character named Snark. And so I, I did this comic strip that uh, I did five, uh, five of them uh, before I dropped out of Montana Tech. And then it just sat there for 37 years <laughs> until until finally I made it into a comic book. Found I convinced Gary to illustrate it, and 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 that's it. So the style, it, it I, I love writing short stories. So I, I think that's what it is. I like to get right to it, and I and I'm also a playwright, so I think of it in scenes. Oh, and I, I I do something different than other playwrights. A lot of playwrights don't give your scenes a a, a, a title. But I give each scene a title that fits with that particular story. Like it's yes. not totally self-contained, but somewhat. And and so that's my writing style. And I just it, it seems to work for how I'm trying to convey the story. They're all it all ties together, but it it, it, it is compartmentalized like that. So I guess there's a lot of reasons why it came out that way. And um, and as far as the you know the the uh, uh, sequential art part of it, Julia is, is just she's like a, a you know, like a a virtuoso. You know, I mean, she's only yeah. nineteen, but she understands sequential art. I know she's in art school and she's been drawing probably her whole life. But you know, her understanding of panels and sequential art yes. is, is is. I mean, Gary, who's been doing this since the early seventies, is totally flabbergasted with where she's at with this. Me too. Uh, and and so I, I that's why I just and and she. You know, I, I can't say it enough how, how lucky I am that she's working with me on 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 this project. So, um, yeah, I, I really do have to compliment you, Julia, on on your panel work. Um, not only does it flow well, but you your panel breaks in between are abs- absolutely top notch. I have to say. Thank you. I I always have that problem that you say a lot of nice things to me, and I just don't want to interrupt you to say <laughs> thank you. But yes, I really appreciate and thank you, Bruce, again and again for because you say a, a lot of nice things in every interview, and I'm just really lucky to be working with you. Well, I I can tell you this: I'm a frustrated comic book artist. I've been creating comics since I was a little kid, you know, drawing them, but I. I I have quality control, so I know I'm not going to let unleash what I do uh, into the, the the public. So, uh, you know, it was fine to do this co- comic strip when I was in engineering school, and it was good enough. But I wanted it to be better. So somebody like Julia, somebody like Gary, takes it to that upper stratosphere level that I that I expect <laughs> of myself, but I can't get there. As frustrating as that is. But I, I do provide uh, storyboards, which I think help. Right. Gary told me it helps. Julius told me it's helps. Although she doesn't, I tell them they don't have to be married to it. Just this is my sto- my rough storyboard. Sometimes really rough sketches. Sometimes it's just like a something I clipped out of a newspaper or a magazine or something. I'll put it into a, a page, and uh, so that I, I give that to them. This very rough. I call it a mock up, but it's kind of right. like a storyboard. And uh, sometimes it's very rough. And Julia just takes that, uh, just like Gary did, with, with, with ease, it seems like. And she changes things around. She says, that, you know, that this would look better. And, and I, I've agreed with everything she's done. You know, I, I, just, I just give her a rough idea, and then she goes with it and makes it beautiful. So it's, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's so collaborative. It reminds me of uh, the theater, you know, because... I, you know, I, I, I write plays, but uh, I don't perform. I'm a horrible actor. I've tried acting, and it's just, it's so hard for me because I'm always writing. You know, I'm not performing. Right. I'm not in the character. I'm writing the character. You know, that's not right. You can't do that. So it, it takes the actors, the lighting director, the director of the thing, the prop master, all those people to do their thing to make it come to life. And that's kind of how i look at what julia does and what gary does and right and you know they're they're they are so talented and that's that's what i expected that's what i wanted and uh so always i've always felt when um i i hear about writers um some of them i'd read would break them down instead of the artist um it depends on how seasoned the artist is some of them just ignore them but i've always looked at it that's a lot of heavy lifting's already out. Regardless if the artist follows it or not, it still broke the information down because that's most of the work is trying to 
visually break it down before you start drawing it. So to me, I think that's an extremely helpful tool. Um, as far as how you broke everything down into four pages, I really liked it. It read really well. I loved how you had a chapter named for each one. It had a... I don't... It, I, the theater, I guess, it makes sense. It had a feel for it, but I mean, I'm reading the thing thinking, wait a minute, how many pages are these? And I kept going back. <laughs> I was surprised they were only four pages each. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just curious because it's it's a hefty package. A lot of times we always ask you know guests to supply work so we can you know be familiar with it. Um, we've had some people that send us several issues. Um, we've had one person that sent us a truckload of issues, and then um, sometimes we just get eight pages, which is all fine. Uh, this one was one of those where we had quite a bit. I kept reading and reading. Says, "Wow, how much you sent? You guys have done a lot of work on this. Is this coming out in a, a trade?" It's a uh, it, it's a graphic novel, so it's about sixty pages. Uh, Snark one was a comic book. It was like twenty four pages, and then Snark two is a graphic novel. It was about sixty, a little over sixty pages. Okay. This is about sixty pages. So that's how they're coming out now, and that's a decision I made uh, based on finances. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I paid for the printing and everything with the Snark One, and I had so many boxes of comics. I think I had a print run of 4,000, 5,000, whatever it was, and it filled up our garage, and, and my wife, Ginger, said, uh, no, you're not going to be doing that. <laughs> and I said, okay, and then I so I went with Amazon, and that's kind of frustrating, but you know they have, have their own set of problems, but Anyway, so that's how I, you know, because you still have to pay the artist. So right. that's you know, and 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 art, good art is not cheap. So yes. um, and, no. and and that's what I I demand. I don't I don't want bad art. I want good art. I want somebody who knows what they're doing. And it's just amazing that uh, I was lucky enough to to convince Gary in the first place to make this thing come to life. And then Doctor Jekyll comes out of it. And then it, it was amazing that uh, Julia and I found each other. So. Nice, but but thank you for saying that about this structure because I was kind of worried that some people might you know it's it's not traditional in in that respect uh, you know like most issues of comic books it's just not and even in graphic novels but it, it, there is a bit of theater in it a theatricality to right. it. Um, it was something I enjoyed. I was just curious if these were like printed in a, in a paper or a magazine or something. Um, it has a chapter feel, but again, when you're reading it. It's not, sometimes you read, you know, collections of comic strips, they feel choppy instead of just mm -hmm. reading in the paper every day. Uh, this one, it just flowed. Like I said, I was halfway through the series and I, I said, wait a minute, how many, I always try to figure out before I talk to the guest, how many pages are they putting in? And uh, so I went and counted a, probably about, Ten of them. Okay, you had some that were five pages. Most of them were four pages, mm -hmm. but they didn't seem like four and five page spots. It just they flowed together. But I really enjoyed the <laughs> chapter breaks. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know part of uh, what I learned in the theater. I think theater is good good training. You know, uh, playwriting. I took a playwriting from some uh, some classes from uh, some really good playwrights, successful playwrights. And uh, what I learned, and, and you know, maybe other people learn it different ways, but every character deserves a rich, full life, even if they're just a, yes. like a, making a brief appearance. And that's actually how Dr. Jekyll came to be. She had quite a, a you know, a, a, a splash in Snark 2. And I, I hope that all the characters are kind of like that. And and uh, but you know, I, I don't want to be uh, you know repetitive or redundant or have people kind of zone out. I want it to be exciting, like a cliffhanger, you know, on going through this whole thing. And that's that's what I'm hoping. And and it and it's not a superhero comic, so you know that's tough to do because if people are used to like you know incredible, the person has unlimited omniscient powers or something. When actually she doesn't you know she's got some miraculous things artifacts and stuff that her father gave her and right. gives her certain powers but um it's it's rather limited and uh so it makes it much more challenging where you just can't you, it has to make somewhat make sense there's some magical realism there but 
it somewhat has to make sense. And and actually, in in this, I do poke fun at the whole ufology community. Uh, although uh, I have a lot of friends in the ufology community, and and I've I've had a lot of experiences in in my life, and and that kind of gets woven into the the comic. Yeah, my, I, I did notice that quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, how how are some of the people in that community? Are they, you know, embracing it and you know rolling with it, or have yeah. you uh, have you uh, rubbed a few people wrong with this? Well, so so far so good. Uh, the people that uh, would get upset are people that are probably charlatans anyway, <laughs> and and there are those in the paranormal community, which I'm very familiar with, and the ufology community. Uh, you know, my theory is that it's all the same. You know, all this yeah. stuff is the same uh, phenomena. It's just in the quantum world. And anyway, that's kind of the whole background to this whole thing is is how much research I've done and how much experience I've had in my life. So I weave real life or, you know, things that have really happened to me in, in some respects into the fictional comic book. And that's why a, a dear friend of mine, a writing mentor, David Wilson, who was a Vietnam vet, and he passed away last year, uh, sadly, but... He uh, he always told me fiction is truer than nonfiction. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's it. yeah. And anyway, so it, it's a lot of fun. I just I write every day, and I just love it. And I you know my day job is I'm a I'm a history teacher. So I basically I just tell stories for a living, which is not bad. Oh yeah, but it's you have to do a lot of research and knowledge. <laughs> um, I Rook it, it started this off talking about it. I honestly thought it was going to be um when i just saw the title when we got the email i thought it was going to be a zany zombie hunter alien hunter kind of story mm-hmm. um it's very grounded but you you bring up a lot of really interesting things like when you're talking about finding aliens and i think it was her father said and she's saying it later was they're not the aliens we are mm-hmm. and i you know, I it's one of those things I've never heard said like that, but I've always things have been alluded to that. That mm-hmm. you know. Um also when she's talking about her direction and the book she's gonna put out and they threaten her saying you're gonna lose your tenure and then later she says I found out they can't take her tenure away for that. Um okay, mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a minute. I I know of professors I had in college had tenure. Uh, somebody broke into one of my favorite professors' office and put a lot of stuff in there, and he got upset about it and, uh, because he could have lost tenure for it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I, I found out what tenure was. What, yeah. what would be the... Because it seems to me like from the story you know something about this... <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I've been uh, teaching college history for over 30 years, and I've been at Citrus College, where I'm, I'm a distinguished professor. It's just a title to give you if you live long enough, you know, and to teach there long enough. Congratulations. Anyway, <laughs> anyway so the, uh, uh, I, I, know, I know quite a bit about college politics, you know, how it works. Right. Uh, and I was told when I first started graduate school that the 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 uh, battles and the fights in academe are are so vicious because the stakes are so small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, know, it's yeah. like yeah. It's, it's kind of a, there's a viciousness to it. So it, now most of my colleagues and everybody's fine, but there have been times when uh, you know I was I, myself personally I've been you know told that well we don't want you to be teaching any boutique classes you know that are frivolous. We just want you to teach the transfer classes. To move people in the conveyor belt from the community college to the to the uh, the universities, and I, I said, you know, hey, I, I earned this PhD. I got specialties in, in the Vietnam War, World War II. I want to teach those courses. I'm trained to do it. I'm raring to do it. I want to do it. It's going to make things more interesting for me to have a, you know, not always teach the same section yeah. of of intro to U.S. history all the time, and. Uh, and yeah, so I, they challenge you, and 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 uh, even after you have tenure, you can you know you can get into trouble pretty quickly if you don't meet their expectations. And um, so you know, so I, I I've been able to navigate the uh, that community. So I, I kind of you know 
put that in there and something like uh you, you know like ufology or somebody you know her in this case her father she's following in her father's footsteps and he he was driven out of the university and i know people who uh uh not necessarily for ufology but like there was a professor for at washington state university who studied bigfoot and Washington State, they tried so many times to get rid of that guy, and they never could. He, they, but they tried. They tried. They made his life really tough. And uh, so I know that that happens, you know. And, oh, yeah. and uh, it, it can get really ugly, you know. They think that they're doing the right thing, but you know, it, it ultimately they're not, you know, because you want to have academic freedom. I mean, that's how we learn things. That's how you, you know, maybe you go down a dead end, but maybe instead you discover something pretty remarkable. So. Uh, so yeah, I, I, th- there is a lot of that personal experience that that's woven into there, and the ufology community and the paranormal communities are you know there's so many cool, interesting people and researchers, and I know scientists who are kind of working on this stuff, but not publicly so much because of the ridicule that they right. face. So yeah. that's uh, yeah that that's what um, you know that's what she's up against, but she's very brave. And she's uh, was very upset what happened to her father, and so she wants to carry on. But yeah, I mean, there's so many challenges that she, you know, whether it's Hollywood trying to recruit her, you know, <laughs> and and she rejects them, which I think is cool, you know. Yes. That's, oh yeah. Got to cheer for the little guy, you know. That this, you know, they're not going to get, uh, as she said, uh, chewed up and spit out. You know, that's what she she said usually happens, and that's very true. Um, so. Yeah, I don't. I think I wandered off your question there, but no, you answered no, no, quite well. Quite you're, wonderful, you're, actually. You're, you're in the right place to do that. So it's there's no wrong way to do this. Uh, as and, Rook put it out, one episode we spend about forty five minutes talking about Filipino <laughs> movies. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, the, and the really cool thing about Julia is that she doesn't just do the artwork. She asks really good questions. When I give her the storyboard, she'll say, uh, "You know, like I, you know, maybe." Why would uh, why would she do this? Shouldn't she instead do this? Or you know, she, I mean, she's not like telling me how to write it or whatever. She just she is so into the character. Right. She has made that character, so it's very. I, I, well, I'd let her speak for herself, but I think it's very personal for her too, and uh, she's expressing it in her art. But she cares about it and cares about the story, so she makes very good suggestions. As does the editor up in Seattle. Uh, George Varangos, I always like to mention him. He's a uh, he's like a comic fanboy. You know, he just loves it. Oh, <laughs> he loves working with Gary. He loves working <laughs> with Julia, and he's really, really good. And um, so, yeah, I, I, maybe I'll let Julia, uh, you know, about talk about that. How she she's not just restricted to the art; she contributes, and right. as does George, in other ways. Julia. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Bruce. And uh, I think that um, it's actually part of the comic illustrator's job to, well, you have to really feel the characters to illustrate them correctly. So I always try to imagine what the, the situations could look li- looked like in the real life. I try to feel what the characters could feel, and yeah, that actually helps me do my job as the illustrator. I think, and um, yeah, if I was asking Bruce uh, questions, then I did that to uh, also. Um, illustrate the story uh, better to like uh, if I I asked that if I had maybe trouble visualizing the situation and I wanted to do that better and that led to maybe conversations with Bruce about um, little changes that uh, could maybe work better for the story but I don't think there was really that many of situations like that Um, but that's great great that you guys work together like this Uh, you know uh, being the first time you've collaborated together and I'm I'm assuming there's got to be going to be more you know for you guys to be able to work together and and go back and forth like that 
that that really shows a good, strong, creative team. So, uh, jump back. Are are we going to be seeing more from the two of you? <laughs> I'm going to let Julia answer that because it, it's really up to her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bruce. Uh, Bruce already um, told me that he's um, working on Doctor Jekyll Part Two, and he's actually sent me all some. Uh, storyboards already of the first um, well uh, few stories because he's still doing the um, four or five pages uh, story structure uh, and yeah I would be really happy uh, to um, keep working on the project and I hope uh, Bruce's plans won't change nice now if I understand, you're you're going to school while you're doing all this. Uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, studying at college, uh, but I'm actually uh, I have uh, just a year left. Oh, congratulations! What what is your field of study in college? Uh, it's art, digital art specifically. Yeah, nice. Um, now, what are you looking at going into besides doing comic work now? But what, what were you planning on before Bruce contacted you? Uh, well, before Bruce contacted me, um, I was thinking about illustrating comics, oh. but uh, the comic industry in Poland is not really uh, that strong. Uh, we translate uh, comics from other countries, yeah. and we have some of uh, our own, but uh, it's not really as strong as uh, perhaps in uh, the United States. Uh, so I mm, I realized that it could be hard for me to um, get a, a job uh, in comics uh, quickly. Mm, so yeah, I was thinking about doing that uh, in the future, but I w was also thinking about other um, other art-related jobs. That's why I went to the college I did. And I'm still uh, thinking about doing uh, other um, illustration-related uh, stuff because I can't be sure, uh, even though I uh, hope to illustrate Dr. Jekyll Part 2, I can't be always sure that I'm uh, going to be consistently getting uh, more uh, more jobs uh, on comics, at least at the beginning. So I also think about illustrations for books and uh, games, maybe also for other mediums like uh, comic, <laughs> sorry, uh, okay. movies, uh, animation, and uh, stuff like that. But yeah, I wanna be uh, stick to the. Um, illustration art field right fantastic uh, when you're talking about some of the polish comics can you name some of them for because i'm not familiar with any of them um i'm honestly not that familiar either but i know there's a comic uh, called uh torgal i think that torgal. would be um, how to pronounce that, but I don't really know who the author is. I think it is Polish. But yeah, I think there are uh, certainly some uh, small, um, uh, smaller ones, uh, maybe not heard of in the other countries. Right. Uh, I'm sure they are, but I, I can't really um, recall any specific title now. I got you. I, it, it's something interests me because when I was growing up, I never saw very much foreign stuff. Um, in the 60s, they were showing a few Japanese cartoons, Astro Boy, Prince Planet, Gigantor, but then they, they kind of went away. Anyway, I joined the Navy and went overseas, and I go to the other countries, and they'd have our comics in their own language. Oh, why don't we get theirs? And I, and I see this all the time. I mean, now it's a different world. We're getting a lot of manga. We're getting a lot of uh, French comics and European comics, which makes me very happy. But there's still some countries, like I said, Poland. I'm not familiar with, with comics in Poland. 
what comics, foreign comics, are coming into Poland? Well, I think uh, really a lot of. I'm mostly actually familiar with manga, but I've also um, actually only recently, but I have uh, read um, also some uh, comics from various other countries. Uh, I think we get pretty a lot of things uh, translated and released uh, here in Poland. We certainly get a lot of manga. I think we get many, many uh, things from DC and Marvel and uh, yeah, all these big uh, comic um, publishing houses like Dark Horse and uh, yeah, I think we have stuff from all the most important um, comic uh, publishers uh, in other countries, and probably not only that, but I'm not really um, an expert. I understand. Well, Go ahead. So, so I'm curious. Um, you're you're studying art. You're uh, studying illustration. Are you doing Are you doing all these pages digitally, or are you doing them traditional uh, pen and paper, uh, pencil and paper? Um, how How are you doing your drawing? Uh, Doctor Jekyll, uh, Alien Hunter. I did completely um, digitally because uh, yeah, well, it's just uh, easier to um, maybe not uh, draw because. These are the same skills, traditional and uh, digital drawing, but it's easier to correct mistakes. And uh, yeah, I think it's uh, also easier to um, make it a file to print. You don't have to use a scanner, you, you just uh, have it. Yeah, and, and you guys mentioned earlier, or Julia mentioned earlier, animation. And, uh, you know, the Snark series, uh, we have an uh, animation going on with that. We've put out five shorts uh, uh, based on Snark 1. and Well, all of Snark 1 now we've animated. Uh, and it was tough because all of the stuff uh, that Gary Dumb did was all traditional pen and ink and, uh, and on traditional, you know, uh, uh, board paper and all that. So... It was uh, uh, it was difficult to 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 move it into animation. Although we, our animator uh, Jordan Martin, who lives in Florida, uh, it, it did it and it looks cool. But uh, now we're talking. I just talked to Jordan and uh, and the animator and uh, and Julia today. In fact, about Doctor Jekyll animation, and Julia is interested in that and. Uh, she says she's not an animator, but you know her art is would be used for that. So yes. we, you know, we're it's in the works to do a Doctor Jekyll animation, which uh, you know because I'm a I'm a um, I'm a playwright and a theater. I've produced uh, a lot of plays. I have a whole cadre of actors that are just dying to work on. They, they love doing voice acting because voice acting is really cool. I mean, yeah. stage acting is cool too, but film acting. But voice acting is a whole other animal, and it's so it's so much easier for them because they don't have to have all the costuming and all that. But uh, but they love it, and they've done a great job on Snark, and I and I think they're going to have a lot of fun with um, with Doctor Jekyll, and I think it'll be fun for Julia too to see her her artwork um, uh, animated, and and it's going to be much like I was talking to Jordan today. So it's going to be much easier to do it because it is digital. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would lend itself well. To animation. Yeah, I I think it would. I think it's going to be pretty popular. Uh, we we we're starting very slow with Snark, uh, and uh, you know we're learning along the way. But uh, it's two dream dreams come true. You know, one is publishing a comic book finally. Uh, you know, after oh, <laughs> in my you know early sixties or whatever, and then uh, making a cartoon. <laughs> the two things that I loved the most when I was a kid. Right. I'm actually getting to do now in my 60s, which is, uh, you know, pretty amazing when you think about it. Just so, I guess the lesson is never give up on your dreams. Absolutely. You know? How did the animation for Snark come about? Because that's animation's a big project. 
Yeah, well, it came about because I start during the lockdown. I started uh, what I call lockdown theater, and oh. I got all my actor friends together, and we did live theater, uh, live streaming theater. Uh, just really? wanted to challenge ourselves, <laughs> and uh, in order to do that, we had to create. We didn't have, you know, we couldn't have everybody have a duplicate set, so we created a uh, kind of like a gaming world 3D set that Jordan Martin created. And uh, he could like move camera angles and stuff, and then we have a green screen. I got a green screen for every actor, so they could act on that 3D world. And uh, so we we produced, I think, five uh, plays during the pandemic. Um, and uh, so from that knowledge uh, and the skill base that was developed in order to do that, we, uh, you know, he 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 was able to get familiar with the Jordan was to get familiar with everything he needed to do the animation. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it, it was quite an experience, and it kept all those actors busy who couldn't do anything during. You know, they they shut down all the right. theaters and TV productions, movie productions shut down, and th- we were active as heck you know, during that time. I mean, do, putting stuff out. You know, I think it was five different plays that we we did, um, and um, anyway, so that's where. It, where that skill set was developed, honed, the skills were honed there. And then I suggested, instead of doing a play, why don't we do, you know, because the whole live thing is really, really hard. I mean, it's right. technically challenging with the internet and everybody <clears throat> having a different connection speed and all, there's so many things that can go wrong, and they did, believe me. But uh, I said, let's let's do animation. I, I want, I have the snark thing. It's already out. We got the artwork. Let's, let's do it. And Jordan said, yeah. And he was foolish enough to accept my offer to do it. <laughs> no, he was. I was lucky enough for him to do that. And now, uh, now we're going to do the same thing with with Doctor Jekyll. And I think, I think it'll uh, you know it'll resonate a, a lot with. Um, I, I think with you know, people of all ages. And oh, by the way, all the art, all the comics I do, and and like when Julie and I first talked, I said all my projects are all ages. Right. I, I think they're sophisticated enough for uh, I know they're sophisticated enough for adults to enjoy, but they're also they have the elements that uh, young people could also enjoy it. Uh, and the model I used for that was uh, the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Right. Uh, yeah. When I was a kid, I loved the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. I didn't understand yeah. all the adult humor, but now I do, and so I enjoy it on a very different level now than I did when I was a kid. And I I want all ages to. Uh, be able to enjoy uh, Snark and uh, Dr. Jekyll and I think uh, Dr. Jekyll offers kind of a I don't like to use the word role model but she's definitely a positive influence kind of character for young women especially and I have a daughter and I I think about things like that so absolutely yeah there's a lot of things in that Um, Dr. Jekyll really fascinated me because and Rook has mentioned this and you've mentioned it several times she brings up that what and even other characters, um, that micro guy, they bring up that what you're seeing isn't really what everybody else is. It's what um, mm-hmm. you know, Buddhism, um, all those Carlos Castaneda books, Life's an Illusion, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody can see it differently. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there that I really enjoyed, and there's a lot. There's a lot more to the the story in the comic than what you're actually given to people. Um, you can see it, it can build and build and build. But what you're talking about, Rocky and Bullwinkle, I grew up loving that show too. Mm-hmm. And that was a thing. Was in this, there's enough there's enough story and interest for anybody to read. But like you said, when you do get older, the stuff you may not have understood when you were a kid, it wasn't a deal breaker. You know, there's still enough right. to it to make you enjoy it, and then go on. But yeah, I I was trying to get through this so we could do the show, and um, as I was reading this, I says I really don't want this to end. Um, I I really enjoyed this a lot. And one thing I also want to say about the visuals, I love the use of of gray tones in it. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes black and I, black and white artwork, or is very nice to start black and white, but there are times where I said I, I say this on the show many times. I wish there were some gray gray tones added to this to give it depth. 
<laughs> and I will say the use of the gray tones in this was skillful. It was just, it made it better. It wasn't too much. It wasn't like I wanted more. It was just, it gave it a unique look. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I mean, Julia can talk about that, but I can just tell you, we had a conversation early on. Are we going to, you know, because Snark was full color, very traditional kind of color like a com you know traditional comic book and julia and i were talking about well should i make it color you know and 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 then i said well maybe it should just be uh you know grayscale or or black and white and we decided and actually julia said no i think it it should be grayscale i think that's it's going to have its own look and yes. um and she was right you know because i was debating ah should it be color should you know some people say oh i love color and it colors great, you know, and it works for snark. Uh, but Dr. Jekyll is a little bit different kind of a book. It's a kind of a different, uh, it's, it involves some of the same characters because snark and, and the cosmic staff make appearances and stuff. But, um, it's, uh, it, it, it has a different feel to it and it seems right. It seems appropriate, uh, that it's in grayscale, but let, let's see what Julia says. I'd be interested what she has to say about it. I mean, I think it might have been because I grew up reading a lot of manga again, and they really uh, like to use this uh, ink uh, plus uh, grayscale. Um, but yeah, I I had a lot of. It was really um, nice to uh, work this way and. Uh, I hope uh, that, like you said, it really adds that depth to the drawings. And I was uh, also, because of uh, that, um, able to use a lot of uh, special effects um, because of the use of grayscale. Uh, so yeah, in my opinion, it was a good idea and I'm happy that you also think so. Yes, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You, you, your attention to detail with your grayscaling and your shadow placements. Um, just for an example, as we're talking, I'm 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 thumbing through the book here on my computer as well. And one of the things I noticed was uh, page seven, where she's uh, where her dad is standing in front of the door. You you not only have contrast between him and the wall but you you shadow you put his shadow on the door which is something that can be easily overlooked by a, by a new artist but you have such great attention to detail that you mm -hmm. that you put that there and I, I i really find your artwork to be fantastic you know and it really the the storyline I think I think the story would be so much different with with color. I think the the artwork being in a grayscale tone really does it, it does the story justice that I think it needs to have. And you know, between between the writing and the art, uh, this really is something different for people to read. And uh, you know, Bruce, you mentioned it. She's not a superhero. She doesn't have superpowers. Uh, you know, it's it's such a more grounded story, but with some very fan fantastic elements of giving you a thought-provoking uh, read. So, uh, yeah, you guys really did a fantastic job together here. Oh, oh, well, thank yeah, thank you very much. I, I, uh, I, I really appreciate what you guys are saying, and and we did put a lot into it. And I'm talking about George too, you know, because he put a, he always gave me a, a critique, as you know, and and. Uh, he, you know, so it, it really is a team effort, right. and uh, I I uh, I couldn't do it with, without them. Like I say, I, you know, my art is so primitive, you know, I <laughs> mean to use that word, but it is, uh, but it, it is helpful, and because I remember uh, Gary Dumb telling me when he worked with Harvey Picar, uh, I, I visited Gary in Cleveland, and he showed me where Harvey would come around their table, and he'd pace around the the table where they were creating american splendor and he said harvey if you've seen the movie he just gives them like stick drawings like with too much yeah. dialogue and the <laughs> artist is just oh my god how am i going to illustrate this you know uh you know i mean harvey god bless him i mean he was brilliant you know the the, the mark twain of cleveland or whatever you know but uh he 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 didn't have any artistic talent at all so i think it does help to have a little bit of the artistic talent to help 
the artist with the storyboarding, but um, but I, that's the only claim I make is that I got a little tiny bit of talent enough to make me dangerous. <laughs> so so that you know that's that's that. But the uh, yeah the story it I'm I've you know I'm already started writing Doctor Jekyll number two uh, as Julia said I've sent her a couple of uh, mock-ups as we call them and uh, it's kind of fun. There's some new characters that are going to come in that are i think going to be very popular uh and and they will have a real life you know they'll because all characters deserve a real life and uh, i don't know where it's going it's funny i i i kind of plan out things a little bit but then in a way i i don't and i i know it sounds schizophrenic but maybe you've you've experienced this yourself but uh i let the characters talk to me and tell me where they're going and uh most yes. of the time i listen to them and I did yes. that with my plays too, and uh, it it work seems to work pretty good, especially with dialogue. But here, it, you know, it's you know not as much dialogue in a comic book as in a play, obviously. But uh, you know, you got they tell me what direction it wants to go, and I I know who these people are, and yes. uh, I get to really like them. They're like friends, and I think Julia and, and George George always says that he said, "I love this character. I want to know more about this character." You know. So that that's really cool. Um, so they, they they do have a persona. I mean, they do take on uh, almost as if they're real. I mean, they are real in a sense because they're on the page. They're they 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 are telling a story. They're telling their story. So at at a certain point, I just sit back and let the characters drive a little bit. Tell you where it. they're going. Yeah. yeah, that that is that is honestly a a a. Uh, sentiment that has been echoed by several other writers that we've spoken mm-hmm. to yeah. um one that i that i personally uh believe in as well um with um i write D campaigns and um mm-hmm. you know there are certain characters that i that i create and yeah they basically tell me where they're going and what they how they're gonna mess with things so yep. Yeah, that it's absolutely a a writer's tool to allow the character to take form, and and just take the wheel and drive for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So it's it's just. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm 63 and I'm living a, a dream come true, and I, I got great collaborators that are making this, facilitating it, and uh, I don't see any end in sight. I want to do this for as long as I can think a thought nice. you know oh, there you um, go. and and hopefully julia will stay along for the ride but she's going to get a lot of offers i know i, I just know it's coming right. you know especially when we do the animation too and put out snark two, i mean put out uh, dr jekyll number two uh the, she's going to get uh offers uh, when people really and then doing you know shows like yours which i really appreciate getting the word out of her talent and uh but i, I love that i like doing that for my actors too i've had actors that are on television, you know, that I've worked with and just the plays and stuff. And I, 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 nobody's happier. Well, I'm sure they're happy, but I'm really happy for them. I just, right. you know, it's, it's just fun to be part of the, that process. So the most important thing, where can everybody find this? Where can everybody get their hands on Dr. Jekyll, alien hunter? Yeah. Uh, so Amazon, so you got to, you know, bite the bullet and, and, and pay the richest man in the world. To, uh, <laughs> I guess he is he still the richest man, or is it uh, Musk? Is it? Yeah, it's Musk okay. at the moment. Yeah. yeah the moment. Okay. That, maybe he's the second richest. Um, we'll see what tomorrow but, does. He's one. Yeah, of them. that could change. That could change. So uh, the uh, uh, yeah, Amazon has uh, has Snark one and two, and also has Doctor Jekyll, uh, both as a print book, and uh, it just came out as an ebook yesterday. I mm. think there's a little trouble converting it for some reason. Uh, yeah, working with KDB, uh, Amazon is not always the easiest. I mean, they're a giant corporation, and ultimately, you get to the right person and they fix the problem for you. So we fixed it. So it's an ebook and uh, on there, so you can get it in either either way and uh, from Amazon. So just look up Doctor Jekyll Alien Hunter. It's the only one there. <laughs> Although you might get a couple of uh, a couple of images of the original Doctor Jekyll on there too, which is cool. Robert Lutz. Robert I was ask you, is Snark available? The issues of Snark you've done? Uh, Snark 1 and 2 are on Amazon as well. Uh, Snark 
One is available only as an ebook. If you want a print copy, I still have 3,000 copies in my garage, so they just have to contact me. Oh, you want to be happy. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, I know it's going to be worth a lot someday, but it's, uh, yeah, so just my website, bruceolovsolheim.com. Uh, a person could order the uh, original Snark number one print, you know. And I think I even have copies signed by Gary Dunn. That uh, somebody could get their hands on, which is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, that's that. That's how we. Uh, that, and, and I think Julia has. Uh, she's on Instagram and some other thing that I've never heard of, but maybe she'll tell you about that. Julia. Uh, honestly, I'm on many things, uh-huh. uh, not uh, not just uh, these two. Maybe you mean. Um, the one that was mentioned in the previous interview called Dribble. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's what I was Dribble. I wouldn't really say I'm there because I'm not, I mean, right now I'm not really posting uh, things consistently anywhere, even on Instagram. But I have the strongest uh, appearance on Instagram. On Dribble, I just have a couple things. Uh, honestly, I just created it to have a portfolio uh, for art school uh, in the internet. And uh, uh, yeah, the best place to find me is still Instagram. Okay. And I, I have a little Easter egg for your listeners. Okay. Uh-huh. If you're interested, if you heard the a previous interview, you might have heard it, but uh, so it's not the first time I said it, but. Um, uh, Henna Jekyll is her name, the lead character, right? Right. And that's an anagram for J. Allen Hynek, who was the original Project Blue Book scientist. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you do an anagram of J. Allen Hynek, you come up with Henna Jekyll. So that's how I came up with the name. And then, of course, the name has historical, you know, uh, literary gravitas, too. And uh, although very different story, yes. although there's a couple of little jo- inside jokes there, and there's other Easter eggs too that Julia's actually put in there, some visual Easter eggs too. So it's kind of fun to find those. But I, I wanted to give you guys and your listeners that one. Oh well, yeah. thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, there's definitely things that you got to go back and you got to go through a second, third, fourth, fifth time, and you yeah. catch little 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 bits here and there. So mm-hmm. it, you know, it's it's very very intelligently written and drawn uh really appreciate uh you guys uh you know giving us a chance to talk about it well well thank you thank you for your interest in looking at it and being so so complimentary we really appreciate it excellent yeah me too thank you (laughs) anytime all right uh, anybody listening, if you like to draw, we use fake comic book covers for the Facebook page and the Facebook group to announce new episodes. Uh, we can't pay you for it because we have no money, but you have our eternal gratitude, and if you would allow us, we'll add it to our cover gallery on the blog. If you're a musician, any kind of senior performance artist, we usually have a music break, except like tonight when we have a guest. Um, we're always, especially now, desperately looking for new music to play. Uh, a lot of listeners really enjoy this, and if you do send it, we can add you to the Music Spotlight section of the blog. Uh, also, we have t-shirts. We did them to help pay our hosting fees. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, there's a link on the sidebar. Uh, listen to the show. Wear the shirt. Rook? Everybody... Thank you so much for joining us once again. Go check out Dr. Jekyll, Alien Hunter. Until next time, read more comics. You can hear our most recent 20 episodes on iTunes. If you would like to hear our older episodes, you can find them on our blog. Just go to bunchofdorks.com and click Click on on the Cyclops. True Dimension can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe, rate, leave a review, call a friend, or like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening.